Welcome to Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast from Compass Counseling that asks the question, we all have mental health, how's yours? I'm Justin Lewis. This recording is happening during Suicide Prevention Week, and it's a topic on many people's minds currently, but is important throughout the entire year, of course. Suicide rates have been increasing steadily in the United States. Since 1999, the suicide rate has increased in every state except Nevada. With me to talk about this in a roundtable-style interview are two women that are Compass Therapists, former guests of Mapping Healthy Minds, and some great co-workers. Jill Terhune, who uh, focuses on the trauma um, pieces at our office, and Jenny Linville, who focuses on grief. Jill was the first to answer when I inquired about their opinion as to why suicide rates would be increasing. Part of me feels like it's somewhat to do with modernity. Like we don't have, like people are kind of losing that meaning in their lives where some of their tasks don't feel as meaningful for them. You know, it's like, as opposed to like things being directly related to survival like they may have been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of like indirect things that we do that are, um, you know, ultimately meaningful but I think sometimes it's really hard to see that Hmm. so the day-to-day meaningful type behaviors creates like a a sense of uh, lack of meaning is that what you're saying kind of yeah and then a a lack of like um, really authentic social connections with other people like Hmm. you know a lot of our social connections come through social media which Mm -hmm. um, you know that's communication but it's not connection Mm -hmm. and so I think that Ultimately, that isn't really meaningful for people. It isn't meaningful, and it isn't real. Social media sets false standards and gives users the ability to do whatever they want, say whatever with little chance of repercussions. So our true self is not being validated. It is lacking an emotional reaction. Jenny Linville had some to say about this. Just the idea of lack of community in general. So... um, with social media, it's not true community or connection. Um, and also, it sounds like everyone's really, really, really stressed out and really, really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think stress probably plays a pretty big um, factor in that as well. And I have one more piece I'm thinking, is I feel like there's probably more access as well. Uh, it seems to be an option. Right. Like it's more readily available. Jenny gave a statistic she had in front of her from 2017 that 50% of suicides were completed with a firearm. That's half. Half of the people who commit suicide are using a gun. This podcast isn't trying to make any political statements about changes that may or may not be needed in society. Our purpose is to lay out facts and mental health insight. However, it is important to be informed on what to do starting with warning signs. They're giving away prized possessions, um, and that goes for any age group. Um, Even for teens, let's Mm -hmm. say they have like a class ring or they have um, something that's really important to them, like their pet. Mm -hmm. And they're like thinking about or talking about, you know, I would want this person to have this, or I think this person could keep this. Mm -hmm. That's usually a pretty good indicator yeah that we're moving pretty far on that um, active right. suicidal thought 
But even prior to that, if you're noticing that someone that you love or that you care about is showing depressive symptoms, so mm-hmm. they don't seem to enjoy the things that they used to enjoy, like they seem to be isolating themselves. Yes. Um, you know, I think as mental health practitioners, you know, we are um, accustomed to just point blank asking people if they're thinking about suicide but I would Mm -hmm. encourage anyone like if you're thinking that that's a possibility just ask because absolutely they may that may be all they need is just somebody to just ask and then they Mm -hmm. get it out and then it's like oh okay well now it's Mm -hmm. out and I don't you know feel like that's the only option anymore right so it's out of out of their brain and then it also shows that someone cares enough about them to Mm -hmm. ask right because that's a that's a sign of stepping out there if if you're willing to say that to somebody, I think mm-hmm. if someone like cared that enough about enough about me to ask such a personal yes. question, I would feel good about the fact that I've got somebody in my life that cares that much, and it kind of harkens back to the loss of community and social mm-hmm. interaction, right? Signs I'm thinking of are kind of more of those active signs. So if someone is starting to seek um, a means mm-hmm. in which they didn't previously possess yeah um that's a that can be a oh well let me check in on them because they've never ever you know hoarded medicine i think too like if you're um paying attention to what's going on in someone else's life like if they've Mm -hmm. had a recent um kind of breakdown in their um support system or Mm -hmm. they've had you know something happen that was traumatic recently Mm -hmm. um then just checking in making sure that you know, they aren't having thoughts about ending that pain in that way. Jill and Jenny also brought up how seeing another person commit suicide who's close to them can increase the chances that that person will act on it. If a person sees someone else do this, it can make it sort of an option or real in their own life. So that's an additional warning sign to look out for. Especially amongst teenagers whose brains have not fully developed, and lack that cause and effect thinking. During this time, it's important for adults to be present and to check in. Jill, the trauma specialist, went on to describe how trauma could play a role, but was careful not to limit what trauma could be. She defined trauma as anything that happens that is outside a person's ability to cope. Jill pointed out the value of knowing what would be a trauma to the person in your life. Everyone experiences events differently. For example, breaking up with your significant other that could be extremely traumatic for one person and not for another um and so you know it just depends on what that person kind of takes away from that i think a lot of times when people are contemplating suicide it's because they don't they want to harm themselves there's they don't they either feel like they're a burden or they on other people or Mm -hmm. they're in so much pain that they can't handle it anymore but i think ultimately um it's an act to annihilate yourself and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of that it comes from you know, a lack of self-worth, a lack of self-love. And so, and that can come from, you know, I think any kind of myriad of human experiences. True. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the grief part, you know, I think a lot of natural thinking would say, well, you've experienced a loss of some sort and you aren't able to deal with it. You're going to be depressed. And then that's an option that people may go towards. And lacking a sense of self-worth can come from all sorts of situations. The grief element is that thought process Jenny so concisely stated as, what's left for me? Jenny suggested a way to give help for someone after a loss is to just check in with him. 
um, hey, you know, I know that this person is no longer here, and I know that you've lived with them for the past 17 years. It's thinking about the fact that's probably lonely to wake up alone for the first time in 17 years. Jill and Jenny agreed it was important to explicitly ask about suicidal thinking. Jenny talked about an example of how to approach someone. Are you really thinking about doing that now? Or is that just an, an option that's kind of abstract? Mm-hmm. Or is this kind of in the forefront of your mind? And you can ask, so what have you thought about doing? Um, again, to assess for risk. And if they're suicidal in that moment, making sure that they don't have access and they don't have, um, they're not alone. I asked each guest what they would say to someone who struggled with suicidal thoughts. And Jill answered first. I think really understanding that suicide is a permanent solution for a temporary problem. And I don't mean to minimize the suffering that you or anyone else is going through, but kind of understanding that you know life is about change um, and that there are things that you can do other than you know choose to kill yourself um, because after that you have no choices, like it's done. Ginny added that. Most people have had some form of suicidal thought in their lifetime, mm-hmm. so they're not alone, yeah. right. and they don't have to have those thoughts alone. Jenny not only spoke from the perspective of a therapist, she bravely spoke of her own personal experience. When I was in sixth grade, I made a friend really, really, really mad, like absolutely mad into friendship. And in my brain of middle school, when you're in that developmental stage where you want everyone to be like you, you want to be like everybody else, you really want to have friends and make those deep connections, Mm -hmm. I made my best friend so angry at me. And I had the thought, I just have to get out of this. I can't handle this. I can't do it. And my brain went there. And I wrote it out, because I'm, I'm a journaler, and just since a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote it out, and I just started crying. And at that point, that's when I was able to reach out to my parent and just say, hey, I'm really, really overwhelmed. I'm in sixth grade. I feel like this is a, an adult's problem, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to get out of this. And so just the idea of reaching out to someone um, to say, it is absolutely okay to not have everything under control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a human experience. Yes, that's true. And to be able to say, hey, over here, I need help, whether it is by a therapist or a friend or a parent or a spouse, um, there are times that we can't carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. Really, any time we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I think that's, again, just that isolationism and I have to figure this out and can be scary and overwhelming. You know, I love that you bring up that it was in like sixth or seventh grade because, um, you know, suicide is one of the leading causes of death for adolescents. And, you know, I think a lot of the things feel overwhelming. Your brain's still developing. Like you're still trying to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of times like that may seem like the only option if you don't have other kinds of ways to cope or people to go to. The conversation closed with what we all agreed was the most important part of suicide prevention, finding meaning in life. If you don't feel that, then, then that's problematic. And then that's, you know, mm-hmm. there's things 
that's again coming back to therapy and yeah. how important mm-hmm. that is finding things that you find personally meaningful for you like it could be like connecting with family members it could be mm-hmm. you know going and hiking mountains like it could be yeah. playing the guitar like there's a lot of different things that are meaningful for different people mm-hmm. um but you are worth finding that um and i think that absolutely a lot of times there's this thought that maybe you're not worth taking care of or you're there's something wrong with you like and i just that's no. not true. Like okay. you are worthwhile just because of your existence. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. Mr. Rogers. Yes. You're I like you just the way you are. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or I love you just the way you are, yeah. I think so. Something like that, yeah. I, I make my clients read that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's times I literally will just read that to them. Uh-huh. It's really powerful mm-hmm. to like know that because you are here you have so much meaning. Right. And you said something, and maybe I'm going to sound like a grandma here, but I'm, I keep going back to the idea of you have meaning, even if you're doing guitar. And, of course, my brain goes back to, I work with teens a lot, um, goes back to, okay, well, if I have this really cool skill, then I can put it on YouTube, and then I can become famous and become important. Yeah. And so then we diminish our importance based on how many likes how many shares how many followers we have Mm -hmm. that are all we don't even know these people and so again like um it's really important to find your meaning and your purpose and your your existence of who you are outside of social media I think it goes back to just enjoying the thing outside for of the result, right? Yeah, yeah just like, for what just it is. You, like, mm-hmm. is. It's just beautiful that you exist. It's beautiful <laughs> that, like, you know that your, you know that your body is working in the way that it is. That's mm-hmm. kind of yes. a miracle that any of us exist at all. And so <laughs> I think, you know, just being able to really enjoy those moments is what's important. Agreed. Okay. Well, that seems like a good place to stop for today. Thank you very much, Jill and Jenny, for joining me on the episode today. Just a reminder, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional counseling, for personalized therapy. You can contact us through our website. We offer both face-to-face and telehealth, which is like counseling online. All that information is on compasscounselingky.com. Mapping Healthy Minds is recorded in the Compass Building on 2204 Kentucky Avenue, hosted and produced by me, Justin Lewis. Theme music is by Daniel Niehoff, and the show is made possible by Compass Counseling. We all have mental health. How's yours?